0: Drink it in, man. Touchdown for Troy Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. kool-aid drinkers what's going on everybody you are listening to the detroit kool-aid cast i'm your host eric okri drink it in uh... side of cornbread cornbread make it a double cornbread and i am here talking detroit lions so much to get into we've got preseason game two in the books more hard knocks episodes we've got kool-aid drinkers Continually calling the Detroit Kool-Aid cast hotline, which is 989-272-3484. We've got updates on Jameson Williams. We've got so so much to get into today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do quick news and notes where I'm going to rapid fire, give you some takes, try to entertain you. We will talk some hard knocks in about the game against the Colts as well as the inner squad practices that they had as well. So let's not mess around. Let's get right into it and get rolling. And the first topic, the most important topic to me, is Jameson Williams, a.k.a. j Like, you guys know I, I would have took him in that spot when Brad Holmes made the aggressive move to trade up. You know, I've been consistently saying this kid's going to be electric when he hits the football field, and I still definitely believe that. Unfortunately, I said here on the show that I thought he'd be ready earlier, and maybe they were playing the old okey-doke. Well, word came out just before I got recording that uh, J-Mo is on the NFI with non-football injury list. You know, yes, he did get a football injury, but he was in college, so they're able to put him on this list, and... It only keeps him out a minimum of four games, so you know there's there's the DB. You guys know who he is out there, always rumoring, innuendo, trying to pull up the dirt. Um, you know he he's got him out over half the season, but you know the NFI list has four game minimum. So if all goes well, maybe they could they could get him up to speed, get him practicing in week two or three, and, and maybe be back by. You know, five, six, or I think the bye week is right there around week seven or so when they jump off that bye week. So, you know, maybe maybe you roll into the bye week with no Jamo and you come out of it with him and you're just rolling after that. You know, you get this kid on the field and he starts making plays. I think that'd be exciting. But so I was a little dis- disappointed. You know, I put that out on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakry. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K, O-K-R-I-E. And, you know, most people were like, hey, good, I'm happy. You know, we, we don't need him right now. It's a long-term investment. You know, we don't want him to get hurt again. And I was like, I get it. I agree. But <laughs> this guy's just a premier talent at a position that's fun to watch, that we want to see. Like, I don't like it when any NFL team, especially my Lions, sort of get the kid gloves out and just, like, you know, put somebody in bubble wrap because this is football. You know, you could get hit on any play and get hurt. You could do what others have done and have non contact injuries that are worse than when you get hit. Um, so there's just so much that can happen. I feel like if he's ready to roll, he feels confident. You have to get him out there. Now, if he's not ready and they want to build him up, I'm cool with that as well. But don't get overly conservative and say you're basically going to shelf him for the whole year or two, you know, three quarters of the season if the kid feels right and wants to get out there. So. You know, I'm hoping for either a little bit before or just after the bye week. If it's midseason, I'm definitely not crying a river and I get what they're doing because I do think he can be a great player here for, you know, five, seven, you know, even 10 seasons maybe if he lives up to his ultimate potential. So can't wait to see number nine, (laughs) Jamison Williams out there. For our Lions. Uh, let's keep this rolling rapid fire style. Romeo and Josh Pascal on the pup list. I did not like hearing this. I I, I don't know what's going on with Romeo. Where for out thou Romeo? <laughs> like Nobody knows where he is or what he's doing. Like There's no updates on his progress for rehab. I don't think he's rarely ever seen at the facility. You know, Dan freaking Campbell has said you know certain people heal faster slower whatever it may be yeah I get that but I mean is this guy close is he in the weight room is he struggling and and not doing well we have no idea and and Josh Pascal to me is the real bummer because this kid's a very gritty grimy football player somebody that you could move all around the defensive line and to not have him for um again I believe that pupless is going to put him out the four games minimum and Gosh, that's just that's just frustrating because I can't wait to see this guy in a Lions uniform. I know he's getting a lot of hate from people because they haven't seen him and he's already injured. But sometimes it happens, man. What if what if he just comes right back out and he's a very strong, physical, nasty football player like we've wanted for a long time? You're gonna love this guy. So, you know, th- those were two other news notes that came out. Sean Dion Hamilton, one of the great names in all of sports. Uh, was let go by the Lions. This was a guy that last year was getting tons of buzz, and people were like, "Man, this guy's going to be on the team. He might be a starting linebacker." Then he gets injured for the entire season this year. He's one of the early cuts, so I don't know what that says necessarily about the roster or that player in general. But you know, all the best to Sean Dion Hamilton. I hope he uh, does well. Doesn't have to, uh, you know, start working at the local bowling alley. Um, you know. Word came out that the the Lions coaches weren't at practice the other day. Dan Campbell was there, kind of, twirling his whistle and, and walking around like uh, he's coming down the ramp at a uh, WWF Attitude Era show. But he was just there. No other coaches were there. You know why? Because the players ran an entire practice by themselves. (laughs) Um, I would have loved to see some tape on that and see how it went down. But word is, it went well. They all managed it well. They pushed themselves. I mean, that's great to see because – and it's it's a great thing by by Dan freaking Campbell and these other coaches because sometimes you have to sort of let people give them the chance to fail and had they just sort of not shown up or said, all right, it's all you guys today, go do your thing – and the Lions have no clue what they're doing or they look sloppy or they have no leadership um, put in through practice. That That's a big issue, in my opinion. So the fact that they took it, you know, on the. Uh, took ownership of it. And ran a good practice and, and seemed motivated and the coaches seem happy. I like that a lot on both sides. The coaches having the confidence to let them do it and the players stepping up to the plate and being able to do something like that. You know there's not a lot of NFL teams that would do that or, or have that type of you know moxie to, to even propose it and to, to get it done at a high level. So I liked hearing that a ton. Um, you know, I, I think, I think even our guy chops, he, he's not on the show this week, but he, he probably even like, he probably even have a hashtag or something for something like that. Woo! Hashtag choppy liking. And, uh. Speaking of hashtag choppy likey, I put it out on Twitter as well. Deuce Staley saying we're chopping wood. He went to the old chopping wood uh, gimmick about how they're working hard, they want to change the culture, they want to get a winning thing, and they're just chopping at it, chopping wood. Like I, I put old at chops in the D on that tweet and said he probably had a hashtag for it. So we, we we like to play these goofy sound bites here on the show and make fun of them, especially when he's not on the show. Um, and when he's on, I, I do it both times. To be honest, uh, <laughs> let's uh let's see. Dan Campbell said that the starters are gonna play in the first half for Game Three of the preseason. I mean, this was a shocker to me. To be honest, uh, I don't know if I was more shocked by that or the fact that he's like putting Jared Goff in some type of bubble wrap, acting like everybody can play except Goff. We gotta keep him good. Like if he gets hurt, our whole season's over, which is true because he's the quarterback. But I mean, it's also Jared Goff and his wobbly spirals, which he still hasn't shown me that he can throw. <laughs> but it was just funny to hear Dan Campbell say, like, yep, starters will be out there. Got to get their reps, got to bang themselves around a little bit. But not Jared Goff. I'm not letting him talk myself into it. Like he's some type of, uh, you know, golden goose, uh, you know, already putting him in Canton type of thing. But I get it. He's the quarterback. Can't lose our quarterback like a week and a half before the season gets rolling. But as I always say, okay, he doesn't get hurt in game three of the preseason. What if he gets hurt in game one or game four of the season? It's basically the same thing. So either play him or don't play him. You know what I mean? But, uh, it'll be kind of fun to see the starters. Let's hope Swift is fine. Let's hope we see a little D J Chark. I I don't know. I don't actually, I don't have the sound bite up. I haven't put it on the board yet, but you guys heard the DJ Chark drop. Uh, I got to get that on the board and get it rolling. The, the, the consensus that came back was they like the go DJ. It's my D. So I'm going I'm to go with that one. I like that one too. Just nice and short and simple. I like it. Uh, people definitely got back to me and said they like the Hutch. Billy Jean just beat. <laughs> just that beat. Like he's coming after the quarterback and he's uh he's, He's coming around the edge with that funny music uh, only, no no lyrics. So we'll we'll get those rolling for you as well. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with the starters. Hopefully they can put it together. Hopefully they can look sharp. But uh, it's definitely a different approach. We've been used to here and most across the NFL, just these garbage preseason games that are like, hey, NFL's on. Mm, it's not really NFL. It's pretty bad football to watch. And I get it. People are fighting for jobs and whatnot. But there's a distinct difference from when the Lions line up against Philly and those guys are playing four quarters and dialing everything up to when you're like ha- halfway through the first series and you're like, oh, what else is on? You know, this is, this is just ridiculous. So um, we'll see about that. I mean, one, another golf note this is for at chops in the D as well. There was some video that came out on uh, <laughs> lions.com. I believe it was, or maybe my YouTube feed, who knows where all this stuff keeps popping up. The old Twitter machine, where it was golf and some golf golfers. <laughs> Here's another thing. I don't know if Tim Twentyman listens to the show, but every time I hear him say golf, he definitely sounds like he's saying golf. And I know he likes golf. But does he like golf? Or is he like golf? but he thinks it's pronounced golf. I, I don't know. It's, it makes me laugh every time that 20 Man does a show and he, he says the quarterback's name. And I swear he's saying Jared golf. Um, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. So golf was out with some golfers <laughs> on this little, uh, they got a little, you know, par three chip hole or whatever at the old, uh, rod rod Allen headquarters down there. And, uh, <laughs> And so they're chipping or they're giving tips. And then they made these golfers throw the football towards the pin. I don't know if there's some closest to the pin who can throw an actual spiral. Well, golf was there. Again, spirals and golf. I mean, it doesn't quite go together. I, I don't know what's what's worse. It's probably his nine iron or hit those wobbly ducks he throws out there. But then I just got a kick out of Jared Goff giving, throwing tutorials. <laughs> he was telling people where they had to put their finger on the ball, how they had to snap their wrist over. And I get it. You're an NFL quarterback. I get it. Dan Campbell says the best thing you do is throw the ball. But I still contend, even though I hope you do well. You're my quarterback because you're for the Lions. And I hope you ball out this year. Every highlight I see still seems to prove the fact that you can't throw. (laughs) But I hope that changes. By watching him give tips of how to throw, knowing that he just has one of the more ugly passes, even when he gets there, to Amon Ra and Chark and Reynolds and hopefully J-Mo soon. Like, you know, he's basically like... Like four out of every, you know, eight in regards to Spiral versus Wobbler. If I had to, you know, rate that fifty percent clip is probably where I'd put him. Um, but enough about that. Let's uh let's talk about my other guy, Jury Jacobs. Now people are like, Why are you talking about Jury Jacobs? Nobody's heard about him, he's not practicing this that and the other. Here's the thing. So they put a couple guys on PUP, which I mentioned, J on the NFI, they let go of Sean Dion. But they didn't do any of that for Jerry Jacobs, and to me, if you listen to the press conferences as I do consistently, if you are all in on the Lions, which you know I am, serving up that Detroit. Kool-Aid, Drink it in, uh... And if you are just devouring cornbread, cornbread, you would know that Dan freaking Campbell, I believe it was the other day, snuck out that hey, hey, you know, maybe, maybe you know, a, a Jerry Jacobs, for example, is ready, like to practice in week one or two, but he's not ready to play yet. Well, we're not We're going to pup him. And they didn't pup him. So I think Jerry Jacobs is farther along than we know at this point. And the fact that Will Harris is, is competing or might be out Mr. Okuda, which I think is a bunch of garbage, play Mr. Okuda and see if we got a bum or a number three pick on our hands or somewhere in the middle would be even fine but don't play Will Harris, please <laughs> play him spotty. I mean, I was a Will Harris supporter when they drafted him. It took me about two and a half seasons. And I was like, he can't play, he can't cover, he can't run. He's not even that great of a tackler. Like it's, it's been proven that Will Harris can't do his thing. Right. So, you know, let Mr. Okuda play, but if jury Jacobs comes back and ball like he does last year, yeah okuda and william harris might have to both be sitting the bench <laughs> you know uh because that guy played great last year and i love saying j u u u r r r r y y y y jury 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 jacobs is the man so um you know hopefully he can do that and keep the eye out because they would have definitely pupped him if he's not ready but they didn't um Let's, let's go to some some impact, quote-unquote, my guys for this year and beyond that I just want to highlight before the season gets rolling or guys to really focus on. And these aren't – I'm not going to dig for, like, the gunner on special teams for you, but these are guys that I think need to either take a step up or need to be a focal point or are just big-time players on this team that either are – not shining in the preseason or whatever it may be. And the first one starts out with T. J. (laughs) Hawkinson. Like, they call him Hawk, which I think is better than Hawk. Like, I know Hawk is kind of the name and it's been said, but Hawk, because he was Iowa Hawkeye, is actually better than yelling out Hawk. Or you could just say the name the way I do, and it's much more uh, powerful when you do it that way. But I think Hawk is going to have to have a really big season. I think this guy can take a big leap forward. I know there's a lot of other wide receiver weapons and we have some nice running backs, but this is the year. He needs to to take the big jump and be a focal point both in the red zone and Making bigger plays in the middle of the football field. I'm not talking about the six-yard catch-it-and-fall-down or the out route where you catch it for, you know, eight yards and run out of bounds. I'm talking about, like, 15-yard seam balls where he then he runs for an extra 10 or 20 after the play. I'm talking about routes in the red zone where he just cuts his guy up who's a linebacker or some scrub nickel corner, and he's going to touchdown. Like, look for T.J., and to have a big year and and a guy that's sort of forgot about right now. You haven't seen him in the preseason. You haven't heard a ton about him at practice. I think he's still going to have a big time year if he's used correctly. The next one, everybody's talking about this guy. DeAndre Swizzle. Swifty is talking about a thousand and a thousand. He looks super silky. The limited action we see him, both either on the practice field or in games. He's motivated by Deuce. I think that... He's got the chance to be, gosh, when you just look at his skill set and what he brings and his humble mentality and his ability to catch, run, accelerate, jump over people, you know, run through people with power, I don't see why he can't be like a top eight running back in all of football. So that's my challenge to Swift is to get to that level, and then we will gladly pay you, even though you're running back. I think that we'd be able to pay him and hopefully keep him around. The next guy is Ify Melifonwu. You know, if he's a guy, he's been hurt, they haven't really seen him out there, they moved him to safety, you know. I don't really know what his role is, but I like his size, his physicality, and I think if he can be a really dynamic player on this team moving forward, but you just need to see it more and I'm hoping that they find that role for him and he takes a big leap forward this year. The other guy I put down here quickly was Josh Pascal, or he kinda of talked about him. I just I I wasn't in love with him throughout the draft process, but I can't say I spent a ton of time on him either. But once the Lions took him and I dig into his tape, his character, his physicality, his interviews, it's like, I love this guy. I love everything about him as a football player and as a man, as a person, as a a dog, a -A DAWG, baby. Like, I can't wait to see this guy on the field. So Josh Pascal, when he gets out there and how quickly he can assimilate, I think is going to really be impactful for this team. Tracy Walker, you guys have heard me talk about T. Walk before. A lot of people down on him. A lot of people did like that he came back and they liked the contract overall. About eight million dollars a year on a three-four year type deal. You know, don't mind that. But he needs to needs to play better. He needs to get more turnovers. He needs to show up big time. And I'm really hoping he can do that. Um, I I love his his dog mentality as well. I just need to see a little more. A blitzing a little more physicality playmaking, but he really seems to be taking on the leadership role. And he's got all the physical attributes you look for in a big, long rangy physical type safety. That's not afraid of to tackle or, you know, should be hopefully better in coverage now in his third or fourth season. So he's, he's about four. four can't be five. seasons about four seasons for Tracy Walker. And the last name I put down was a, Oh, Oh baby. That's right. AO! Oh, baby! Now, this guy had a ball out year last year. People were thinking maybe him and Mr. Hockenson would get paid this offseason. Neither did, at least not yet. You haven't heard a ton of great things about AO in, in practice. You know, you see him sort of get torched sometimes, uh, roasted, toasted, and extra crispy in the games, the preseason games. But he's a nice long athlete as well. Good character, good mentality. I'm hoping that Ao can really lock up a spot as a starting corner for this team now and in the future. Then you don't have to go shopping for more corners right now. You don't have to deal with any of that. And uh, I think I think he can put it together. He really found the football last year, and his length. He was a good college player. I liked him coming out in the draft. Like, there's no reason Ao can't establish himself as like a CB2 on this type of team now and in the future. And I'm hoping he does that this year. So those are a couple of my, my guys impact guys to watch as we get rolling. Um, gosh, everybody, like I'm going to get to, I'm going to get our commercial sponsors in here and and talk some hard knocks some some joint practices as well as, um, you know, maybe what's to come for this, this Pittsburgh game. But I just want to tell everybody right now, like start getting hyped for that Philly game. Like, you know, as long as we don't get any big injuries, this third preseason game is no big deal. But I want to start hearing from you on the Kool-Aid Cast line nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four with season predictions, hot takes. I want to I want to know where this tailgate is at because I will be down there um, multiple times this season, um, enjoying myself. So where's the tailgate? What are the eats? Who's serving up the Kool-Aid? Who's got the cornbread in the oven? Because we, we got to talk about our tailgate plans where we're going to be and hopefully you guys as you've done in the past come out and say what's up when we're down there i know we love it when the listeners come by and say oh man we love the show or man you got some of the most funny goofy gimmicks but uh love talking lions uh love my lions you know like i love hearing all that when you guys come by we'll throw the football have have some brats on the grill and uh, and chop it up uh no doubt about it so tell me where it's at get hyped for that that first game because it's going to be here before you know it and actually i'm gonna do this after the break i'm gonna do this this one i'm gonna pick out just one text that i got to the kool-aid cast line this week and then we'll do the hard knocks the the joint practices and anything else that comes to my mind lines related so everybody please listen to our great sponsors and i'll be right back please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together i didn't want to do another stomp you out speech it opened up so many more doors the show is called the The deal Deal. listen to the deal listen to the deal on spotify all right kool-aid drinkers back from the break let me fill up that glass drink it in uh... I appreciate you listening to the show, interacting, giving me those follows on Twitter, checking out the pod, sharing it with other people, hitting up the Kool Aid hotline. I love all that. And uh, speaking of that, I want to go to this guy. This guy. The reason I want to read this one is because he he's given himself like two to three nicknames already, which I which I appreciate. Like Jim Rome does the no self gloss, like the minute you give yourself a nickname, he runs you or he just you're never allowed on the show. I want people to have like three, four nicknames, three, four aliases. Like, just give yourself um, some type of funny name when you when you text in, when you call in. Create a persona. I love all that. So, I had this guy actually saved in the uh, in the old hotline here as C Mill from Wisco. I don't know if I gave him that or he gave him himself, but as I'm looking at his uh, text here, he's now AKA the Milkman. <laughs> so so we got c mill from wisco aka milkman aka chris from wisconsin and this one just made me laugh so sometimes like i get all these questions about the lions or you know these these takes from people but sometimes i just like to pick ones either make me laugh or that's so outlandish so so the milkman writes you know just just wanted to note deandre swift that maybe he can't see in the dark visor he's like i know it looks sweet and i try to put all my players in madden in the dark visor but maybe it's too dark maybe he shouldn't wear it now milkman c mill chris (laughs) first of all you're from wisco so i don't know if this is a gimmick call if you're some type of cheddarhead, mozzarella i don't think so i think you're a lyle detroit kool-aid drinker lions fan but this is like this is a bad take on so many levels. First of all, the dark ultra jet black can't see through it visor worn by Swift and other players in the National Football League is the swaggiest thing ever. <laughs> I agree with you. Like almost every player should wear it. it's incredible. Like I love when Swift wears this thing with the uh, the black visor. He uh, it just looks so dang good. And the reason it looks good too on a running back is because there has to, I'm hoping, I know it's just swag and it's just like, you know, good look for him, but I'm, I'm thinking it's a advantage as well. Like the, the defense can't see you looking at where you're going to pick up the blitz. They can't see where you're maybe picking up where they might be coming from on a draw play. Like I would definitely be rocking the black, but I don't want anybody to see my eyes if I'm a running back and see what I'm planning out before I go. So I think it's a smooth move by him on that level as well. Trust me. I know I say i yell it again i guess i'll do it jared goff he can't throw and then i said that you know other people you know can't do this can't do that i just yell in the mic at times but trust me deandre swift he can see okay he can see the holes he can see the football coming there's no vision issues if anything swift has got great vision on so many levels and the black visor is ultra ultra swaggy so milkman Come on, man. Get it get it together. I, I don't know what you're doing with that question, but, um, you know, I challenge everybody to, as we get going with these season games, like, I know some people are still checked out because this is fake football, like I said, but... I want questions. I want takes. I want jokes. I want aliases. I want funny songs. If you want to send those in, I want gimmick drop. Like if you want to call in and just do a bunch of our gimmick lines, or some of the sound drops. Like I don't know if you want to call in if they if they make a bad play and do a Pac Man drop. It was a bad decision. Period. Point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. You could do that. I mean, if you want to come on and, and maybe like try to replicate the Million Dollar Man, that would be funny. I mean, Okay, when somebody gets paid, you call up and do that. I mean, if you want to do the AO drop, I love some of those. Oh, baby. If you want to call up and tell me this, you'll always get on the show. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> and if you call up and do a horrible call, I'll probably put you on so I can laugh at you and say this. Who is this Rudy Pooh? So I know a lot of you, like, really loved the call-in show. We'll definitely hope to do more of those. Life is crazy busy and hectic with me and Choppy Chop there, but we'll try to do that or maybe a solo one of those or maybe one of my other guests, we can hook that up. But uh, life is crazy right now, no doubt about it. Let's get into it. I'm having a little bit too much fun here, but let's let's talk some more Lions ball and some intan. Let's get into Hard Knocks real quick. I know all you guys watch it, so I'm not going to give a blow for blow um, rundown, But here's what I took from the latest episode. You know, Dan Campbell talking about why he's putting guys in pads first practice and why he cares about him so much. This is incredible, man. This is incredible leadership and just shows how smart this guy is, man. He's not out there just banging their heads for no reason. He said, the research shows you've got to do this to build you up, to make you better, to get you ready. I would be doing you a disservice. I love all that. And the reason Dan Campbell is getting away with that, where Matt Patricia and his hill and is running, which again... I admit my faults here on the show. When when Matt Petrucci was making people take laps for losing the football, I was like, good, you should take two if you ask me. When he's asking people to run the hill, I'm like, damn right, you better run the hill. This isn't the Caldwell Country Club where you just get away with everything and everything's just a... You know, the old reverend is out there uh, just telling you how great you are and you you can't win any ball games. Like, I love some of that tough love. But the reason it didn't work is because Matt Patricia was a jerk and didn't have any um, swag or any, um, you know, they didn't have any buy-in with him when he started all that. Where Dan Campbell's a real human being that people love. And so when he tells you to put your damn pads on and hit somebody, you know it's for the best thing for the football team. So. I loved all that, and that's why it's different. Um, Dan Campbell, keep doing what you're doing with practices, and you know your team. Push them, but also know that they they got your back. I have no question there. I mean, another thing I picked up, did we really need the David Blau, uh, you know, Olympian wife story again? I, mean, I know most national people didn't see that, but can we just s- scrub that and, and put more Dan Campbell or more Deuce or more AG or I don't know. Here's a thought. Maybe put uh, Ben Johnson on the show ever. <laughs> like, I mean, he's only our offensive coordinator. Aubrey Pleasant is a hell of a lot more entertaining than seeing this again. And like I said on, on a previous show. David Blau can be uh, everyone's neighbor. I'm sure he would love to meet him at, at church in one of the pews. I'm sure him and his wife are the, make a great um, batch of cookies at a local bake sale. You know, I got nothing against them personally. He's even played pretty well in these preseason games. But I don't need 30 minutes of hard knocks to be about her running and him playing bad third string quarterback and, and fumbling a game away for no reason. Like, come on, we, we don't need that, all right? Here's another funny take or something to consider. Like, I've been loving up Deuce and saying Deuce is doing this, Deuce is doing that. I didn't realize until multiple tweets later that I'm spelling Deuce wrong. Like, everybody spells it a D-U or D-E-U-C-E, I think. But when I looked it up or it popped up on my feed, it was like, oh, it's D-U-C-E. Uh, I don't know, like, I was just thinking deuces or, or whatever, but D-U-C-E, Deuce Daily. Um, Gosh, he's just, he's been a star for me, man. I love everything he says. I love his cadence. I love when he's getting up in AG's grill, but I really liked this last episode where he was really trying to motivate DeAndre Swift, and I think he was doing all the right things. My question is, is Swift going to do it? Is he taking to it, or is Swift such a humble, swaggy guy. Where he's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Like I got you when really like, he's just going to be the same guy because we need a little bit di- different DeAndre Swift. I mean, he's got all the talent. We need the dog. We need the extra. We need a little bit more. We need to, you, you can't just say, I'm going to get a thousand and a thousand. And then you got to demand the football. You got to say, well, why is it the third quarter? And I got four carries. Um and, and two passes you know for no yardage like let's get this changed so he's gonna have to be more vocal he's gonna have to be more demanding but I love what Deuce is doing he's a hell of a coach and uh, just him motivating DeAndre Swift was the big thing that jumped out to me and uh yeah I mean it was just another great episode you love seeing those things we could have done without the old poor Detroit and. They're hard and gritty, and it's a city that's rising up from the... I mean, come on, that's that's old bit siren all day, every day, right? We we hear that every show that's done ever, so we could get a little more creative, I think, in that realm. But, uh, yeah, just more Dan Campbell, please. More Dan freaking Campbell, because... This guy, and I haven't played it in a while, I mean, if you got this as first press conference, could you imagine what else you get from him and others if you just put the camera on him a little bit more? We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing, all right? That's going to be the mentality. And it starts this year. We're going to start taking hunks out of people, and eventually, we will be the last one standing. You heard it here first. All right. So pre you know, these, these joint practices with the Colts, first of all, like I've never been there, but it did look like a cool kind of practice setup over there with the Colts. You got to walk through the forestry to get the practice. Um, You know, Colts are a good team. They've got, they got good guys up front on both sides. They got some good young receivers, you know uh, Matt Ryan has always been a guy that can sling it around a little bit now I thought he was basically done in Atlanta but he seems to have a new breath of fresh air I I like him I feel like he's a Matt Stafford type where when it's open he can make all the throws the minute he gets pressured or the the heat or the, the lights are brightest he kind of he kind of crumbles a little bit aka the Super Bowl and and, and other you know times in his career but uh, I guess you know the the big thing that came out of it was, like, the first practice, like, Pat McAfee, who I like. He's funny. He's great on um, everything he does, was at the practice. And this guy is, is going nuts, everything the Colts do, which, again, they had the camera. And, yes, you could see them kind of roasting and toasting the Lions' corners. But it's one-on-ones. It's, it's routes on air, right? So he's going nuts, like they won the Super Bowl, or they just the greatest team of all time. And I'm like, come on, man. These are... These are routes set up for the, the offense or, f- or for, you know, receivers and court, whatever it was, you know, that they were showing. So I wasn't going crazy about it. You know, you would like to see Mr. Okuda and company, you know, put up a little stiffer fight. Uh, Alec Pierce was balling, Pittman, some of those guys. But so the Lions had kind of a rough day was the word, you know, day one, getting beat on a lot of things, getting beat in kind of 11 on 11 or those different, you know, team drills that they did as well. But they had a real bounce back day day too, which I think shows a lot about their character and the team itself. You know, Mr. Kuda seemed to have a lot better day, word was. You know, receivers were making plays. I think there was the big thing that I took out of it was there was some, like, 12-play stretch during a team period where the Lions let no touchdowns in. And we're talking, like, these are... These are short plays within the, you know, inside the 20, the 10 yard line, whatever it is. And they're not letting in any touchdowns. They're not letting any first downs go. Um, That's impressive. You know, that really is because that's another thing set up for the offense to dominate. So I think it was just good work, you know, just good work for both sides. I think the Lions probably learned a lot from it you know, anytime I've always been a proponent of like the lions will like practice against themselves. And you hear all those reports. Oh my gosh, Matt Stafford is just the ball never hits the ground. You know, he's, he's the greatest player ever we've ever seen. Look at him winging around the yard. And then they go play like a joint practice and Matt Stafford, you know, really struggled today. He just didn't seem to be on his game. It's like, Well, he was playing against better players in different environment where he doesn't know every defense or every call or every you're not in the same routine, which all that just shaking it up, just shaking up the routine, changing up what they do is very important on so many levels because you you can go into week one against Philly and think, oh, man, Philly's going to do this, going to do that. Like they're probably gonna do the exact opposite of what you think, so you need to start getting going with that, not getting some routine and rut that you're just beating up on your own team all day, and that's what's gonna be like, you know, come Philly at Ford Field, 'cause it's not, and and getting that intensity and getting people up in your grill, you we saw lots of, you know, confrontations. I, I don't feel like it ever got over the line per se, but Jamal Williams was getting after some linebacker, and they had a Twitter beef. Like to me, that was entertaining stuff you know as guys going back and forth you'll probably see a lot of that on uh, episode three of hard knocks but you know it's just good work for both sides and hopefully the Lions got better from it you know i know the colts felt like they did well um they're different areas so uh, it's all good you know and then we go to this third preseason game i'm not gonna spend a ton of time on it but i'll just say mr kennedy shows up again. I mean, I know that joke was online. It's really, he's a horrible wrestler too. I mean, you guys know, I, I like my wrestling gimmicks. I've, I've watched throughout my lifetime, but, um, you know, Mr. Kennedy was horrible, you know, in every, you know, promotion he was ever in, but that gimmick line is still funny. And Vincent Kennedy McMahon has quit and, and wrestling is changing for the better it appears because he had lost his touch and, whatever, at 70-some years old, but, I mean, Mr. Kennedy for the Detroit Lions, Tom Kennedy, because he used the ball, man. The guy catches everything. He does everything. He looks like a hard worker. He He's their go-to guy for every quarterback. I mean, I had I had buddies that were actually, like, you know, and Twitter people just, oh, he's on the team. Oh, he's going to be the fourth receiver now. Oh, let's get to Tom Kennedy the game. I had someone utter the phrase – Tom Kennedy's the preseason Cooper Cup. I'm like, hold on. Ho- ho- hold up now. <laughs> he's still Tom Kennedy. <laughs> like, like, let's not get crazy, okay? Like, does he maybe make the bottom of this roster? It's going to be hard to not, the way he's putting up and producing and, and catching the football. But, I mean, I'm not – Loving on this guy like some people, that's for sure, but he's doing well, working hard, Give him that. He's the uh, Lions preseason Rudy, as I called him, <laughs> which I think was a much more apt comparison than Cooper <laughs> Cup. Um, no names given of who may have uttered that or, or where their football knowledge is, but that made me laugh, no question. Um, and let's let's see what else i got what else i have here on this preseason game i thought we ran the ball really well and by that you know i think it was like a five yards per clip i also think that we just played solid like i felt like midway through that game i was like this feels like solid football to me just kind of like making the right plays no big terrible mistakes that were just really egregious just kind of doing our thing scoring points sometimes having to kick it away you know uh Actually, I don't think they kicked it away much. I want to say it was later in the game until they had their first punt, so they didn't really kick it away, but they had a few kicks and a few drives that stalled out and a few that found the end zone, mostly by Mr. Canada. Yeah, you guys know. Um, (laughs) the, The old trusty. Come on, Craig. I mean, this guy. Craig Reynolds, I think I'm in love with Craig Reynolds. I really do as as a football player because, come on, Craig, uh, shows up every time he gets the football. He's so stout and bulky and just like a thick running back that always seems to get yards. People bounce off him with tackles. Just like he makes no money. He's a great third-string guy. He's a work-hard guy. He's Coach Craig, I believe, on Twitter. So he loves the game of football. I love everything about this guy, man. He's a dang solid player on this team. Come on, Craig. Um, the uh, I, I I loved how they ended the first half. And when I say that, I like how they had a nice drive. I can't remember the yardage on it and whatnot, but they, they went all the way down there. They got down close. They sort of start clunking out. And then I want to say they had no timeouts and like 20 seconds left and they ran the football on so many levels got like no yards had to unpile everybody real quick and then i think they ran the play with a live clock with like three seconds left or something and and that's when david Blau wow, uh slang a, a a high ball to the back shoulder that canada just went up and snatched I mean he just snatched the football for a touchdown to end the half That was it was great on so many levels. Dan Campbell going for it, them being able to actually get off their ass on the pile and get another snap off and, and being able to throw this ball into tight coverage and get a touchdown. I loved everything about that. Um, it, the other Canada play that I loved was uh, just a beautiful throw from Tim Boyle, my boy. <laughs> I guess he's not really my boy, but I did do that rant on the last show about how I like Tim Boyle better um as a backup QB just because he looks the part. He no longer wears the bonnet. He got himself a pretty fresh haircut. He says the right things and he just seems to have more arm talent in my opinion than uh, the hardworking, gritty, grimy Olympian husband, Mr. uh, Mr. Blau does. I I swear Blau and Boyle are like so confusing. They always seem to go together to me. But anyway, um, Tim Boyle threw a beautiful ball. He got it. think he got off sides, the the ref threw the flag, and he just sort of slanged this thing perfectly in the bucket to uh, Canada for another touchdown. And uh, that was nice to see. Um, You know, Kirby Joseph had some concerning plays um, just out of position or just tackles 20 yards down the football field but Kirby actually tweeted me back because I told him that I didn't like that his Twitter handle was Kirby B Joseph. Yeah. That's Kirby. That kind of ends with a B Y, but then he has B in there, which I know is for his middle name yet. He reminded me that was the case. And then Joseph, you just need to be Kirby Joseph or curb Joseph or ball. Like, and so I I tweeted him out. I'm like, we got to get rid of this B man. It's not swaggy enough. It's not good for your brand. He's like, B's my middle name, bro. Or, you, or I think I said, you know, we already know you're a ball hawk. And he was like, or it could be B for ball hawk, which I liked. Kirby, Kirby's, he's legit, man. He just seems like a cool dude that if I saw him in the street, you could, you could chop it up and, and have someone talking to Kirby Joseph, not Kirby B. I mean, it sounds like Cardi B, Kirby B, like, let's get rid of the B, okay? Um, but uh, Kirby Joseph struggled, but I do think he is a ball hawk, and he'll come into his own, but he, he seems to need a little bit more time than maybe we would hope at this point. And um, to finish it off, like, overall, I just thought this was a really, I was just really glad and and somewhat fortunate at the end of this game that they were able to get the W. Now, I know, I know you're going to say, but... Quote, unquote, it's preseason or it's preseason, but, you know, you always hear that phrase from everybody, but nothing. You know what I mean? You choked the first game away. You needed to find a way to get this W, whether it be preseason, regular season, postseason, I don't care what kind of season it was. I wanted to get this win. So the fact that you were up, you let the other team go down and score again with basically no time on the clock. And then they went for two and you were able to get an incompletion and win the ball game. I was glad to see that because as much as it doesn't matter, it would have mattered to me if they would have got the two point. You would have got another last second loss to just add on to the tally that we've had to deal with as Lions fans. So a win was good. They need to learn how to win Dan Campbell said the same Winning's important learning to win is a skill you got to build it up um, I think I saw some clip that's gonna be a hard knocks where he said gotta get gotta get all this losing out you know gotta be done with this put it to bed so I think that was a step in that direction to some degree and everybody I just want to hype you up that basically all the fake football is basically over so it's time to get hyped. There's going to be lots of roster moves, unfortunately. Lots of cuts for the Lions. Uh, hopefully those guys either fall on their feet or, you know, end up coming back to the practice squad, the guys that can help this team down the road. But there will be lots of guys let go. Hopefully there will be a couple of sneaky pickups by Brad Holmes and Dan Freaky Campbell. But we are getting closer to that home opener against Philly. Again, I want your tailgate spots. I want to know what you're eating. I want to make sure there's Detroit Kool-Aid being served across the board. I want to make sure there's some type of cornbread being um, put there because, I mean, do I even have to say it? Drink it in now. Cornbread. Cornbread. Everybody, that's all I got. I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.